Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Natalia Janchek is a writer, musician, and singer based in Montreal, Quebec. Along with her partner, Murray Lightburn, she spearheads the long-running and internationally acclaimed rock band The Deers, whose seventh full-length album, Times Infinity Volume 2, was released in 2017 via Danger Bird Records. When The Deers played Waterloo, Ontario, towards the end of that year, I met with Natalia for a talk about the record and her band, and some other things too. Animals. We talked a lot about animals, it seems. I don't know what was going on with us that day, but we talked a lot about animals. Sponsored by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, and Planet of Sound locations in Ottawa and Toronto. This is the 387th episode of Creative Control, featuring Natalia Yanchek of The Deers with your host, me, Vishkana. Natalia, thank you for being on the show. No problem. It's Thanks nice. for having me. It's nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. It's been a while. I think it had... I don't even remember the last time. Was it the breakfast thing? When we Was that the last time we would have been... No, I've seen you since then. You were on my old CBC show. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure we've seen each other since... That was like six, seven yeah. years ago. There's no way. I think we've seen each other since then. But I find that this is what the internet does. Oh. Is that like when you see people on either like Instagram or you feel like you've been keeping up to date with That's true. you know their children and their <laughs> <That's> purchases <true. laughs> their <laughs> yeah, whatever, meals whatever I put I, I'm not a meal person no I, neither am I I'm I'm not, not, I try yeah. not to do that but yeah it was the odd uh, yeah my kids and stuff are on there yeah that's true we kind of interact that way yeah. yeah okay well anyway it's it's nice to see you in person yes yeah how are things going good yeah yeah good how long have you been on tour well 
we this we've been in November we've been doing like a sort of weekend warrior yeah so it doesn't feel like a long tour but it is a long tour right so in October we did two weeks in England and then now we're doing we did you know five shows in the states four shows in on southern Ontario yeah and then next week we go to the do you call it the golden horseshoe Yes. <laughs> yes. We. Co- I mean, you're. I guess you're technically kind of in the Golden Horseshoe, because it's kind of around Lake Ontario. Oh, is that what it I means? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know why it's a horseshoe in a lake. There's no horses in the lake. No. But there's some kind of thing. Yeah. I think you're in the. Why? What's 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 coming up next? What's oh, like the Niagara region. Niagara region. We do like yeah. St. Catharines, Hamilton. Yeah. And then Windsor, which is not in the horseshoe. <laughs> no, <laughs> Windsor's not. In, <laughs> Windsor's not in the horseshoe. It's way. It's like three, four hours away from here, near Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're doing the the circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And how how are you finding it at this point in uh, your life touring? Because you've been doing this a while. Yeah, yeah. Is it easier? Is it better? You know, I think the experience of it gets easier mm-hmm. because it becomes more practical. It's less. You know, it's fun, but it's less partying. Woo! Yeah, you're kind of doing, you're working. It's, yes. And you, I guess it's, yeah, maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a job like. But you also. It's a fun job. You you, you tend to, when you get to a point and and, and it becomes a job, I mean, that sounds unfun, but it actually means it can be more fulfilling because you've actually, you manage your day a bit better. Yeah. You know your human limits. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is good, and and I mean, you uh, do you bring you? You're a parent. Yes. Does your child come with you? Sometimes. Our oldest daughter, she's twelve. She started high school. Oh, oh and my. so she has told us that she doesn't want to go on tour high anymore. High school. I feel like the last time we spoke, there was no high school in sight. That's amazing. Well, in Quebec, high school starts at grade seven. Oh, oh, so like, it that seemed, would be junior high. Exactly. I see. Okay. 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 Okay, so so um, it's a shock value. That I'm so she's to. got this attitude of like, ah, I don't want to go with you guys. You think you're so cool. Well, it's I think it's less that, and it's it's more that she wants to stay on top of the academic. Oh, side. of course, yeah, sure. So that's what's motivating her, right? On that end, which right. is good. I can get behind that. That's good, absolutely. Yeah. And then our boy, he's five, and we he came to England with us. Oh, cool. But I could tell that towards the end of the trip he was missing his sister and our cats um so when we asked him if he wanted to come with us on the, on the next dates he was like no i'm gonna stay with neptune the cat or is that the your cat, daughter the ca- yeah neptune is our daughter yeah <laughs> and the and you know <laughs> the cats aren't watching them but it's right. my, my mom is staying with them do you uh do you ever ask the cats if they want to come well, Murray is actually deathly allergic to cats, so I don't know how we have cats. Why do you keep cats if, if your husband is deathly allergic? When there are, there's like a cat, like a feral cat colony oh. in our neighborhood. And when we moved into our house like 12 years ago, there were cats. And they, obviously the previous owners were, I don't know if they abandoned cats or were feeding cats. So cats would just come to our door and be like, what's up? Yeah, sure. Can feed me? I get, I have a cat like that now in our neighborhood. He just comes. I let him in the house the other day. Yeah, he's got a collar and stuff. Someone's like someone else's cat, straight up. Yeah, that's how I inherited my late beloved cat. The, right. The neighbor, my my cat was Gary, and as soon as we moved in, I think the previous owners had a dog, and and Gary came to the door, and I let him in, 
and the owner was the neighbor that his his owner was fun, like a, she had like three kids and a gerbil and a rabbit right and then a new puppy dog she said yeah yeah gary just needs a break probably yeah let him in and i was like well what about can i give him some snacks i did that i pulled that move right and that was bad i mean I, I asked you know it's good i just i'm like he's in here and he's looking at us while we're eating can i get him some you know like cat treats right it's not like a full-on meal just like yeah. a treat and she was like yeah yeah yeah. if you're if you, you don't have to but if you want to sure i think she was grateful anyway then they moved and they left the cat well gary went with them and he didn't oh. like it so they, it didn't take and she said you know if this doesn't take can i bring gary back i'm like really? i was hugging her because i was so heartbroken that gary was leaving so we got to keep Gary in the end, and he stayed with us until he uh, he passed away three years ago. Wow. Yeah. So I have a thing with, I love cats. And my, yeah. But my wife is, not deathly, but my wife is allergic. Right. So we I had the same dynamic. That's hard. Cats are hard that way with yeah. couples. Because, yeah, there goes Murray. He's off. He's leaving. He's leaving because we're talking about cats. He's allergic yeah. to the conversation about the cats. <laughs> that's how bad it is. Yeah, anyway, so that's... So you can sympathize with the, like, cat adoption. Absolutely. Feral cat. Well, know. the feral cat Oh, that, that Gary wasn't feral. No, he was an outdoor cat. Yeah. But uh, no, I wouldn't have a feral cat. I'm with yeah. Mary on that one. So these, our cats, we had... Okay, so there was a colony in our backyard. And there was... We just called her Mama Cat because she would have kittens, like, two litters a year. Really? so many cats wow. and she and I tried to you know with the SPCA we trapped I trapped a bunch of cats but she would never go how, for how, it how do you trap a cat you have to get a special trap oh you bought a trap no the SPCA oh, they, they have trap. like a trap neuter release okay. program mm-hmm. so you know they give you the whole rundown and then you it's like a you know it's like a raccoon trap they go in and then they step on the yeah, thing and fall. the door closes yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm freak out that's not good put them in the car they freak out yeah, that's not good <laughs> so you're a little cat that's crazy you had to like you had to you weren't like a cat vigilante necessarily but you had to take care of the cats yeah so we would feed them i was feeding them yeah and but they didn't come in the house they were out like fully you were feeding outdoor. them outside okay and mama cat we could not touch her she hated humans and she's recently was taken in she was super sick so she's uh-huh. gone now uh-uh. but we kept two of her kittens okay. from a previous litter they're born in our backyard and yeah so now there are cats well this is quite a, a tangent we've gone on i yes. just i just asked about tour and, and now you've got cat yeah, colonies how- and i don't know <laughs> these things happen we're having a conversation but i didn't know it was going to go this this route because as far as I know, there's no cat talk on your latest record. No, but cats are important. I agree. I love cats. Yeah. Do you talk to people who think dogs are better than cats? Uh, yeah. I mean, I had a dog. Like as a child? No, like when I was in university. Oh, in a university you had a dog? Yeah. Aren't you busy in university to have a dog? Yeah. Well, the guy I was seeing... Oh, maybe you know took the lead on that. Oh, he, he was a dog person. I see. Yeah, the dog people are their own breed. Yeah, but I I like I appreciate dogs. I like dogs. I don't have yeah. a problem with dogs. My daughter loves dogs. Yeah. I think more than cats. Yeah. My son claims he likes cats. I don't think he likes either. I think he's just scared of all <laughs> he animals. He just like has to take a side. He's a bit like, of a chicken, my son. Yeah. Uh, he's just a little bit of a chicken. How old is he? He's six. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I just mean is I, he a chicken or is he sensitive? Well, I just think compared to my daughter, who's like frightfully fearless like right. for me i'm just like dude like 
she's just in the water, like just whatever. Like I, I, my wife took them. I got to stay home this Halloween and hand out the candy. Right. It's great. I liked it. I just listened to podcasts and music and I, the kid that, you know, every five minutes a kid would knock on the door. But my wife took the, the our kids out and uh, my son didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to go to any houses. He was scared really? of everything and everyone. And my daughter was like, whatever. Yeah. My, my daughter was a pig and she'd just be like, oink, oink. And she's just two. Like, I don't, it's just funny. Well, she's younger. She's, yeah, two and a half. She's going to be three soon. Yeah. Wow. So that's why I, it's fascinating. It's just yeah. fascinating. The children are fascinating. Anyway, I don't know where we came up with that one. But yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. I like I like parenting. And that's I think that's what it was. You say you're weekend warrior warriors and I assume the kids, the family, that's that's a factor. We're a family of weekend warriors. Well, I mean, as soon as they start going to school, you have no choice. Right. You know, I mean, even like they went to daycare and I mean, that's already getting you into that nine to five. Oh, yeah, totally. It's all about like institutionalizing schedules, your life, routines, yep. your life. Mm-hmm. And they train them from a young age to be nine to fivers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if anything, that's what has changed the most over like for being in a band for us is that we've had to adapt to this sort of nine to five. Yeah, because you're not you're not a nine to five person. Are you? Uh, I am now. You are now. I'm very nine to five. Because of the parenting? Because of school, yeah. Because your kid's school. Yes. Not your school. school. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't go to school. You don't go to school. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're still going to school. Done people, with school. People go to school. When Pe- they're, yeah, I know. And after they've gone to school, they go to school again sometimes. It's true. Yeah. Okay. So you, it's true. Uh, and I've talked about this on the show a bunch with uh, parents and and uh, other people who aren't parents to try to uh, maybe dissuade them from becoming parents. Maybe. I don't know. I just talked about time management. <laughs> And how it's difficult. Speaking of time, this is a good segue. Time's infinity. Yes. See what I did? Got into the record. Just jumped right in. <laughs> this is volume two. Yes. So can you, I have a rough sense of the connection between the two. Mm-hmm. Talk about the latest one is volume two, which came out uh, this year. How long ago? In the summer, right? I think it was. Yeah. 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 yeah in July. So explain, can you explain the relationship between the two records and, and then I guess times infinity as a concept, uh, as a whole? Well, I think the, I mean, the, the main non-conceptual relationship, the practical part of it was that all the songs were written over the same period. So that's what the connection is, is that all these songs were written as a batch when we were, you know, when as a band we were in that period, sort of mm-hmm. in 2000, I don't even remember, 12? I don't know. 12? Was really it? long time ago. Was it? 2012, oh. 2013. Um, they were all conceived and composed in the same batch. Yeah, well, I mean, not, and not specifically as like, A you whole? know, in the creation period, it's just, you're just writing. Yeah. Just writing songs, ideas, parts. You know, this album was co-written by the band, so there was a lot of sharing of ideas mm-hmm. and, you know, refining them before we go into the studio. So when we went into the studio, we had 24 songs, and we still didn't know how that was going to work. Um, so we recorded, we went to Toronto, we recorded all our bed tracks at Revolution, yep. and then we paused, and we looked at all the songs and how they were taking shape and sorry may i intervene yeah of the 24 that you mentioned Mm -hmm. how many do you record in toronto 
We recorded all of them. All of them in Toronto. All the like drums, bass, and some guitars. All the beds. All the bed tracks, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we decided which songs were going to go on which album. Because mm-hmm. we knew we're like double album. No. No one, people don't even listen to, like we were just, we're done with the super long album because people don't listen to music that way. I was going to say that like this, this latest record is 10 songs, 30 minutes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 35 minutes. Yeah. And like we could have done a double album, but I think that for me, my interpretation of, you know, what my preference was is that that's just not how people consume music. There are people Fair. that will appreciate a double album and listen to it the whole thing yep. but it's yeah it's it's almost like a waste of resources to put it all in one basket so there's a thing that you allude to there where you're talking about maybe contemporary music consumption but i think you're probably also talking about the way you're even consuming music right yeah i don't listen to music not in any form very rarely the only time i listen to music is when it the labels like you got to make a playlist we got to make a playlist for Spotify. Oh, like a, a thing where like the artist selects the someone else. Like, or what do you mean? What does that mean? Like, is, I don't know. Like it's a mixtape like, kind of thing? Yeah, of, like a mixtape. Bands tape. you like or whatever? Yeah, songs just, you, like? you know, content. Right, content. Infinite content. Infinite. That's like where we are right now. Right, so, right, right, right. Um, ident- I'm identifying so you, with that. So I guess my point is, because I go through this sometimes uh, when I'm making the show, mm. where I'm like, would I listen to this show? Right. Like, how many shows do I listen to these days? And it doesn't haunt me too much, but it is something I ask myself sometimes. So when you said that, like, the way people consume music, no one's listening to a double record anymore. Right. I just wonder if that's an extension of your own impulse. To If, if you were to be like, oh, my favorite band put out a double record, eh, I don't think I can consume yeah. a double record. I mean, I think I'm trying to not appeal, but address the... In my mind, the phrase lowest common denominator is coming up, but that is not what I want to say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sort sure. of just the, the you know, the masses. Just as a musician in a band, I'm very, like, we're self-managed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very deep in the management, marketing, that side of it. You are. And it's gross. And it's hard because you have to, for me, I have to think about the, you know, oh, this we made this beautiful created this piece of art and then you switch into okay now it's a product that we have to sell what's the angle yeah yeah and we've put out albums that are longer and i mean i'm not going to say that like the the critics are you know dictating what we do but um because then we just would never make a record again yeah but it didn't sound like you were alluding to critics it sounded like you were alluding to consumers yeah but you know it's just like like I think it was just our interpretation of what the climate is and it's it's less about albums and more about tracks and songs and we still wanted to make something that was like cohesive and that would keep people's attention. Do you think that's still the case? Like I think I, I'm with you on the fact that there did seem to be a, a singles mania there for a while. Yeah. And you still get people releasing songs in anticipation of their records. Mm. But I do find that people are really critics anyway, I think. Again, it depends who you're writing for or who you're addressing in, in that comment. But I feel like there's there's been a renewed interest in the album 
uh, in the whole statement, mm-hmm. not just the the if a song is like a sentence. Yeah, I think people want to hear the whole quote, like the yeah. whole thing. And I still think I still think that the two volumes of what we made they are cohesive and they do tell a story. Yeah. If you listen to the whole one volume or you listen to both volumes together, it's still a valid experience. But I think maybe what got us onto this topic is the idea of why, you know, why didn't we just put it all out in one epic album? Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, which is still a way that people, that still, people still do that. And that's totally fine. I think it was our conscious choice to make, to sort of have one epic studio session that would create two separate releases. Yeah, I think that's partially where I'm, where I'm fascinated is that you went into a Toronto studio and you actually like you had 24 songs mm-hmm. and I guess I thought you might say so we went into the Toronto studio and we rec- recorded 12 of them right and then we worked on them and then we revisited the other 12 but the fact that it was a one you're saying it was a creative burst of that yielded 24 songs mm. and then it was a, rec- a working session that captured those 24 songs, that's a little unusual. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, once we did the bed tracks, we reviewed the songs and then we, you know, segmented them into two collections, which yeah. was a hard decision because it's like, there were some songs that I was like emotionally attached to that I wanted to come out. Cause you know, like volume one is gonna come out sooner than volume two. We yeah. have to wait for volume two to come out. And so those were hard choices because sure. we didn't want volume two to be just, you know, ballads and B-sides. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you want them to, to stand on their own. Exactly. Yeah. And. Because the conceptualization is happening because of you. I mean, you could have just as easily. <laughs> you see, you mentioned that you think there's a, a cohesive connection between the two volumes. Mm-hmm. You could have done something where. Uh, you'd, you'd recorded the 24, you released 10, 11, 12 songs as a record. And then a year later or whatever it is, you put out another record, different title, different everything. People don't connect exactly, the two. Exactly, yeah. It's interesting that you, you did connect them. You viewed yeah. it as a cohesive thing. Yeah, I think it had to be. I think because when we go into the studio, it is like uh, it's capturing... An, an, an essence of that moment in time. A time, a moment in time, yeah. And where we are as musicians and what we're singing about and writing about. Yeah. And I think if we tried to, like, separate those two things and make it, like, like you know, the Doofus album and then, you know, I don't know, Ding Dongs Unite, you know, like if... Interesting choices there. Yeah, those were the working titles. That's where your your mind just went. That was interesting. Yeah, And uh, it's goofy, goofy. But um, (laughs) yeah, I think it would have felt false if we tried to do that. Let's go back to this story you're talking about because I know we don't have a lot of time because you guys, you're playing a show as we're speaking. You've got a show to play tonight. Yeah, I'm playing a show right now. Not this second. This is not a show. Uh, Yes, yeah, we're playing around the corner and I have to leave in wait what is the time I don't know it's like uh, who's reliable oh I got 818 actually oh, yeah. we have more time tons of time by the way more time than I thought yeah. I, thought, I thought that that clock says that clock is wrong six minutes fast hotel clocks they want you out of here they want you to check out early yeah get out get out housekeeping yeah. <laughs> you say there's a story connecting the two I was listening to this record uh, the, the, the volume the second volume mm. and I heard 
defiance and I heard a kind of, there's a desperation, maybe a, a sense of instability, perhaps. What This is where I'm coming from mm-hmm. with it. What is your sense of this story, the story you're telling on Time's Infinity uh, between the two? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can't help but feel like it's a very reflective record an introspective record in some ways it is absolutely i think it's there's a lot of both of them i should say not just yeah yeah there's a lot of tenderness in it there's a lot of resolve i think volume two has more resolve than Mm -hmm. volume one and there's a lot of dealing with feelings there's a lot of feels yeah might i even say it has all the feels (laughs) that's what the kids say that's what the kids are saying that's what they said last year i don't know if they're saying it now but we're we're Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We, we, it takes us a while to catch up with what the kids are saying. We're older now, we're slower. Yeah, we can't always be on fleek. Yeah. So, did I say that right? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, can I work FOMO into this somehow? How am I going to phrase that? <laughs> yeah, no, uh... Yeah, the, the, where do you think this feeling is coming from, per se? I mean, did you have conversations about that? Um, I mean, Murray writes all the lyrics, so... Does he write you, the songs that you sing? Is, he, yes. Those are, okay. Yes, and when he writes them, it's not always, like, he's not like he's writing songs for me. He's just writing songs, and then they get to a point, and, because, you know, We'll be working from demos and most of the, um, all the demos, he's singing the melody. Yeah. And then it's just like, either it'll be apparent, like, I want you to sing this. This is going to be a duet. We're both going to sing this. Like there's, for example, I mean, we're, you know, we're moving crazy off of whatever no. we were talking about no, before. No, 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 no. I think it's, it's... We're off fleek now? I don't know. No, um. no. I, I, when I hear you sing a, a song like I want you or a lyric like I want you all to leave us alone. Yeah. I, I feel I'm going to always associate that lyric with you and your voice now. Yeah. And you know, I've talked about this with other people who have sung songs that are composed lyrically by others. Mm. And that investment of feeling in someone else's words, that can be a tricky proposition for the best of singers sometimes. Yeah. Right? They really have to uh, feel something to, to be able to render it in a way that is believable. And yeah. you, you've done that here. So you say resolve, and that's a lyric that sticks out to me in my head. Of you, When you sing that, it does seem like it's a pushback against something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that song especially... Initially, it was supposed to be Murray singing that. I'm sorry that I wish you dead. You know, and then he flip-flopped it and said that I should sing it. 
and it is yeah i mean that song is probably the most confrontational yeah. track on the on the two volumes because it is such a a hard statement yeah um and it's not meant to be taken literally i mean i guess you could take it literally but <laughs> it's angry and it seems like you yeah. say yeah confrontational but i think there's a lot of themes of like relationships and not just romantic relationships just dealing with people and we're living in weird times and we have to learn how to deal with people and it's not always easy yeah i mean that's present across the board right now uh in terms of this cultural moment in time mm-hmm. and and this political moment and socio-political moment in time but when you say that i just can't help but think of the different interpersonal relationships the deers have had mm-hmm as an entity you know there's been different labels there's been different configurations of the band Mm -hmm. yeah if this record is addressing relationships human relationships if some of it is based in tenderness and some of it's based in rancor i don't know can you land on a general sentiment or general um frame of mind that murray might have been in composing some of these songs like what was he directing some of this to I don't know. I mean, that's a hard... Here he is right now. Why don't we just ask him? No. <laughs> I don't think he wants to participate. He's just he's just passing through. Um, it's going to be funny because he's going to hear you trying know, to interpret like some of his spot. work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's a difficult answer to come up with because when it was created and now a lot of time has passed and a lot of, of things have changed. Did you say 2012? 20, well, I think 2013 oh, okay. would probably be 2013. Yeah, I mean, it's a long time it, ago it that like it was created. So, yeah, yeah. like, my th- answer, if I had answered <laughs> it back then, would be different from, you know. If you'd answered it when it was conceived initially, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean... I can't literally I can't answer it because I didn't write the I didn't write those lyrics yeah it's a shame the lyricist isn't here it's just a shame (laughs) he's not around right now to hear us talking about him but no I I and it's a that's a huge it's a big question to ask I think and I'm asking you to generalize a little bit uh, about a moment in time but I think the fact that it has taken so long to for the public to be able to process this that kind of makes it more fascinating because if I do think songwriting can be um, something of an exorcism, yeah, uh, of various feelings, yeah, and a way to like channel just yeah emotions or ideas, even if it's like a fiction fictional idea, yeah, you know, it's just a, a frame of mind you might have been in. But I gather from what you were kind of halting yourself from saying is mm. that Murray might be past some of those ideas. Yeah, I think some some of the the songs are timeless, like not timeless, but are memories, you know, based on memories. So, oh, you mean uh, even in 2013, he was calling back to the past. yeah. I'm you know I am completely blanking on all the the names of all the songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have my uh, I have it here. If you want, I can pull it up. Um, but you know, there are songs that are written about you know real, like personal relationships in his life you know yeah people around him family friends fictitious extrapolations on you know the feelings that come with that sort of stuff yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not. There's fighting I'm, and stuff too. Like, uh, like I mentioned the the song where, or you mentioned the song. I'm sorry that I wished you dead. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also you know guns or knives of fisticuffs. There's this notion of of addressing a combative dynamic. Yeah. And pushing back a little bit. Yeah, but I don't think, like, it's not meant to be, like, physical, like, physically. No, no, I didn't think so. Yeah, but I think there is some anger there. There's some, yeah, I think it's dealing with it. I think that's, like, the biggest theme is just confronting those frustrations and reconciling them in some kind of meaningful way that's not just violent or aggressive or passive aggressive. Yeah. It's just dealing with it and doing something about it. I mean, it's interesting for you. You invoke the phrase timeless. And mm-hmm. I know you kind of stopped yourself from saying that even because it, you were worried. I think maybe it sounded, uh, I don't know, immodest or something. <laughs> but I think of this time, uh, which is one of great rage mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. I mean, uh, and people feel empowered to be outspoken and express their rage mm-hmm. and push back against and powerful people. And then there's a song called All the Hail Marys on this mm. collection that also, I think, refers to the hope that some people are still clinging to. I guess my point is there seem to be a lot of themes on this record consisting of songs written three, four years ago mm. that are timeless. They feel they feel very perfect for this time. Yeah, well, I think that those notions of feeling powerless in your own life and not being able to control everything that happens to you is, yeah, that's that's never going to stop. Yeah. That's a sentiment that even, you know, the most, you know, destitute people feel and also the people that have tons of cash and don't have to worry about, you know, how they're going to eat yeah. still have those feelings. Yeah. So maybe it's less timeless than I'm trying to say and more universal. Yeah, I know? think that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a, a, a testament to a great artist to actually tap into a feeling within and have that work transcend that moment Yeah. in time. Yeah. See, now I'm being immodest about yeah. you. Yeah, well, I mean, we're amazing, so. You, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> that's what I was trying to argue. We have to wrap it up because you've got to play a show. Yes. Uh, can you, two things, briefly, just tell me and people listening where the deers are going. Uh because we've talked about a, a music you made four years ago or three mm. years ago that's just out now. I'm curious about future plans. And then after that, I'm going to ask you to actually pick a song for us to play. Okay. From, uh, I think we should go with Times Infinity Volume 2. Um, yeah. To go out on. But uh, I'm just giving you the heads up for that. But <laughs> basic stuff, future plans beyond the touring. Uh, well, you- yeah. I mean, there's more touring in the new year. We're doing a, we're going out west going to hit all the markets all the major markets and uh, <laughs> and then after that manager speak just came into yeah, play there that yeah. was amazing thing yeah. um all the major markets and then you know there's a lot of projects that murray and i have individually that oh. aren't deers related um that you know we're working on but i mean it's it's been an ongoing thing that it's like the the deers in our life is is like the sun and everything we do is just orbiting around that. And, uh, you know, if I want to get like, you know, philosophical, it's, it's the sun never goes out, you know? So, um, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm saying. So I don't know what you do. it was on fleek though. It was basically, you know, that 
the deers will always be there yeah, as yeah. some kind of core, some kind of thing that always exists that we're always being pulled there was toward. Just, there was like a vinyl box set that just came out too, yeah, right? Is that yeah, pa- we, paper bag doing that? Yeah, yeah, we reissued a bunch of our records that were either out of print on vinyl or never were released on vinyl. And so we're, we're peddling those. And then... Uh, I only bring that up because you, you mentioned the sun and yeah. the power of the deers. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and me asking you about the future, you were kind of drawn to the fact that the deers is always there for you. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to point out that, uh, in, in just to echo what I was saying earlier about this being a, maybe a reflective record or a reflective time for the band, mm. you, re- you just released all your other records basically on vinyl. Yeah. And, and there's this sort of stock taking, I feel like that's happening a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the 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 biz is crazy, you know. There's just so many bands, and um, it's hard to cut through. <laughs> well, but I think these reissues and people re-releasing the records that they're best known for. Yeah, I think is- it's like it's it's like gratitude towards ourselves, which sounds very you know selfish, but it is sort of you know recognizing that you know with that these. I'm not saying us, like all these bands that that have these uh, history behind them. It's just recognizing that and acknowledging it and making sure that, you know, it doesn't just disappear because it's really easy to disappear and become invisible. Yeah, I think as it's, a band. I've seen a, some of the more legacy artists, I think just trying to remind people of a time when there was more goodwill directed towards them. Yeah. During, I watched the entire World Series and you too yeah. seems to have paid someone to just play clips of their old songs. Like, is that like as their walkout? No, 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 no. no. Like, in sorry, the network was paid to every commercial uh, break was like Sunday Bloody Sunday and with or without you. Yeah, or, well. And they just and I think because there was such a backlash towards them mm-hmm. after the Apple iTunes thing, and then they did this Joshua Tree tour recently which i think was another way of being like remember when you liked us remember why you liked us I yeah know you hate us now but remember why and, yeah and i do think that a lot of these reissue camp not yours by the way but i do think <laughs> a lot of reissue campaigns are just like they're feeding into nostalgia but i think they're feeding into a just remember why you enjoyed us in the first place as you appreciate what we're bringing to the table next and i think if we can like if we can circle back <laughs> yes. to what we were like this concept of how people consume music yes and that's changed so much and i think that ties in yeah it does that, absolutely you know remember how you listen to music yeah. and remember how that affected you and you know it's just trying to stay to keep up with that you've made several vinyl shaped circles in your <laughs> with your hand there yes remember how remember? you used to remember yeah it rotated remember how you bought these at tonight's show yeah. <laughs> exactly okay so there might be there's going to be some future stuff yeah absolutely always coming up. i just can't say when or yeah how or what and it sounds like you're busy on the road anyway yeah yeah okay is there a song from the new record that we can go out on if, if you could pick one yeah i mean let's let's go out on guns or knives which is you know when i when we finished making the record and we got the masters back for that track i was like literally listening to it just like crying i was like this song is fucking amazing nice so you know maybe someone listening to this podcast will have the same reaction i appreciate that you because i think it maybe partially because murray tends to write all the songs you're almost objective 
about you know, the deer's music in some ways. In some ways, I do lose that objectivity. Like being in the studio yeah. is, you know, you lose that because you're so intimate with the songs. Yeah. But um, I think definitely where I come in is on a sort of producer side. Yeah. I'm not necessarily like the songwriter, but definitely like on a textural level and arrangement scene that's where i excel yeah 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 well you're proud of yourself yeah and you're proud of your band yeah well i'm amazing we're amazing everything's amazing that's good this is guns or knives uh from times infinity volume two by the by the deers by the deers i said it right yeah i, I did say the band's name right the deers <laughs> i don't know why i stumbled over that Italian, it's a t- tough words it is. they're hard words the deers the, it's a double duh duh i think i'm i'm the an deers idiot. I'm, I'm an idiot yeah the deers <laughs> Basically, yeah. (laughs) Natalia, thank you so much for being on this show and best of luck with everything. Thank you. story that one's getting old I knew you would finally call cause you don't care if I'm a sinner or a helpless soul no you don't care if I'm a sinner Care if I
But now I have a brand new story and it's far from told Yeah, I have a brand new story and it's far from told Yeah, I have another story and it's far from told Special thanks again to Natalia Yanchek of The Deers for being on this, the 387th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on Spotify and audioboom.com too. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for for some reason and uh, or you know you just wish to, you know, to learn more about me or, or sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. That's V-I-S-H-K-H-A-N-N-A.com. You can like Creative Control with Vishkana on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at vishcreative or follow me at vishkana. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at cfru.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. We are currently at $168 a month. So things have plummeted in the Patreon game for this show, and that feels like a bad sign. But at the same time, the show feels like it's okay. It's like It feels like it's in a good place. Uh, but it doesn't seem to be doing well in terms of making me a lot of money. But that's fine. I mean, that's fine fine. Again, patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the show going. And if you'd like a, a gift in return, a t-shirt, maybe some some records or something, I, I can work something out. Just send me a note by your pa- after you make your Patreon pledge. Send me a note. We'll figure something out. Uh, what else do I have to say? Oh, yes. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph for their uh, in-kind donations to this show. Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. I finally made it to Hamilton on my way back from Toronto. Uh, today and I bought, uh, I got myself a dozen Granddad's donuts, and my son and I split uh, one each. We we split one in half, and then we ate another one. We split that one in half, and we enjoyed ourselves. It was great. Thank you, Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. Also, Planet of Sound in Toronto uh, for sponsoring the show. Great uh, high end sort of uh, hi fi home theater kind of place. Uh, there's one in Toronto, there's one in Ottawa. There's two in Toronto. There's two in Toronto, one in Ottawa. Planet of Sound. Go go see them. They'll help you out. I'd also like to thank Jim Guthrie for letting me use the instrumental version of The Rest is Yet to Come to end this show each week. And uh, thanks to you, too, for listening to the program and reviewing it and rating it and downloading episodes of the show and spreading the word about it. It means a lot, and uh, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for that. So thank you very much. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.